Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics, and overall badass. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio for real on Society 13 Networks. That's Carrie. That's the way Carrie operates by just breathing into the microphone. EVP. The so entire interview will be conducted. <laughs> Could be on right now, actually. Um, yeah, now now you guys know Carrie Hill's back, and uh, this is Kettle Whistle Radio. Uh, what was it, your third time? Last time was our Four? 100th episode. Six? 100th episode. It might be the sixth. And we have a newcomer here. Uh, she introduced herself. You want to introduce her? Or? It's the lovely Miss Jess Paul. Hey, thanks. Exactly. Uh, very local. <laughs> down, very the ro- local. down the road local. Um, who will be, uh, I guess, leading lady in uh, Scream Park 2? Is this correct? Return to Scream Park. Return to Scream Park. Are we allowed to call it Scream Park 2? You can. It's a working title. Okay. The distributor said no numbers. Oh. I, I just found out, too. So just now. Just <laughs> literally. Just now. Well, it's, I mean, Return to Scream Park has that 80s-ish vibe. Return of the Living Dead, it Return does. of this, Return of that. Um, so it fits. It does. Yes. Yeah. And we're going back to Scream Park. Mm-hmm. It's very true. All-encompassing. Well, now that I know it's not called Screen Park 2, um, I do want to ask you... Cross um, out all your notes. I, yeah, I'm just... Oh, that's it. I'm, I'm done. We're leaving. Um, I'm off this podcast. But Now, where did you find your leading lady here? Um, well, she's actually... Are you the leading lady of... Brewhouse? Brewhouse? I am not. Uh, there's another protagonist. Um, her name is Skylar. She's another character. I was... I was, I don't, I can't say that. I was going to say in what order I died, <laughs> but I can't. Yeah, we don't want to say that. <laughs> no. Um, Jess was in a, a wait, wait, was po- that going to be a spoiler again? I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm just saying, no, <laughs> no, no, no. He, he has no room to talk because his first time in here, he, re- he spoiled his entire film by telling the audience who survived at the end. Oh it, my it, god. It, but, it's not a spoiler. <laughs> I'm just um, saying. That's it's okay. part of the fun of the sequel. No, uh, yeah. Jess just 
is wrapping up a film called Brew House in town, and I was aware of it um, going into this yeah. casting process. And I went through a, a casting agency in town called Doherty, and um, she's one of their hot properties right now. And she came in and auditioned, nailed it. Nice. I didn't even roll. come into the initial auditions. I just came in the right. callbacks. It I was, was like, her really? agent was like, you know, because we were doing callbacks, and her agent was like, you should take a look at her. I'm going to throw her in. Okay, cool. I trust you. And, and um, yeah, she actually came into the callbacks without auditioning previously. I don't even think I had you on camera. And you kind of just came into the callbacks. She was the last one after a full day of casting sessions. The last one. The last one that came in. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff um, right there. And, and I don't know if I, I had told her this or not. I, I got a copy of the, uh, the audition, and I took it in front of the other two producers that helped me out. And I said, all right. I've kind of made up my mind. I'm not going to say anything. I want you guys to watch these audition tapes. And after you watch them, we'll all say who we decided on. I swear to God, everyone said yes. That is so rewarding. So it was a unanimous three producers on the film all watched your audition and said yes. That's Uh, awesome. I'm beaming. You can't tell, but I (laughs) Well, I have a two-sided question here. Um, But uh, little did I know that... We were talking off air, um, and Jess said that the reason she wanted to do this mostly was because of your leading ladies in the last one, mm-hmm. Wendy and Alicia, right? My BFF actor friends. Yeah, I had no that? idea they knew yeah, each know, other. Small world. That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So, but was it the actual um, performance or the fact that you knew them before? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, they are great actors. I really look up to them. Totally. And I had acted in other productions with them before. Alicia, I was. Uh, acting in Shepherd, which is this ongoing web series that I love, and we're still trying to get off the ground. And uh, Wendy, I actually did Wendy's makeup. I didn't even ever act with her. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, so I basically, she was doing a short for my director, who then directed Brew House, and we shot in a cabin for months uh, for this this 12-minute short that's yet to be released, and I yeah, I did the, the gore and the cosmetic makeup for her nice uh, this is the great thing about jess is that she's like jack of all trades on steroids you seem to get master those. of all i mean <laughs> you're lucky in that respect because you uh, get those kind of actors and actresses every it's time true. it seems absolutely yeah. um radzinski I mean, too I when mean, you do the independent film thing these people are worth their weight in gold i mean it's great to have a great actress but if you've got someone that can do makeup marketing design sound mm-hmm. you know the whole shebang it's just that much um more powerful, helpful, and helps get things done. Yes, I agree. Um, and the other thing too, auditioning this time, did you take a different approach? Yeah, we um, we may have talked about this on another episode. The first time around, I still didn't really know what the hell I was doing, so I I did an open casting call through the Pittsburgh Film Office, and I got five, six hundred submissions. Right. And I think that one percent were even what I asked for in the submissions because you. When you put up an opening casting call, it's, you know, you're looking for female that can play 18 to 22 blonde. And you'll get 65-year-old brunette men. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was weird because I got a lot of (laughs) submissions of people's kids. Um, You know, I'd go through these emails, you know, know, please consider me or this is my child. You should put them in your film. They've acted before. And I'm looking like, this is a seven year old kid. You don't know me. I'm making a horror film. You send me pictures of your kid. It's just so odd. Oh yeah. But I had to wade through all of this. Um, and so I think about that, that is, you know, it's weird. And there were actually people that I had to forcefully turn away because it was like nonstop. Are you still casting? I'm like, look, you sent me a picture of you as a wizard. And you're on social security. I was like, there's nothing I can do for you. I've got nothing. I'm sorry. I have, I have nothing for you in this film. 
Um, but you know what? I can't knock it because that led me to Wendy. Yeah. And that's actually right. how I came across Wendy. And I wouldn't trade Wendy in the first film for all the money in the world. Um, just cr- she's incredible. She, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she she nailed it. She had the look. She had everything. She was perfect. You just you, you fell in love with her from the onset, and you, you didn't want anything to happen to her. You know, just it's, it's, yeah. I mean, she's so sweet, and she just nailed that role. Um, but this time around, I said, well, I wanted to do a casting agency because I wanted to see what actually Pittsburgh had to offer in terms of local talent. Um, and so I pursued through the Dockery Agency, which is weird because Jared, who is your agent, um, I met a long time ago in New York City. I actually did New Year's in New York City with Jared almost not, a decade ago. Not the subway guy. Not, not, not the no, subway no, A little, little bit of trouble right now. Yeah. yeah. No, this is a very different Jared. Um, <laughs> and it was just very odd Sorry, to very see him in Dockery after all these years because last time I saw him, he was still in New York City. Uh, anyway, so he has helped out immensely. I mean, he's cast probably half of our core. Yeah. Um, this time around, and, and you know, if anyone's listening that does films, contact Doherty. I mean, they are sitting on serious talent. Yeah, Doherty's um, been really great to me so far. I've been with them for like probably only six weeks now, and I've been sent out to do so many different kinds of projects, auditions. It's been awesome. One thing though that I've realized because I I did help produce Brew House. I came on in the very beginning, so I wasn't only an actor; I was producer of Brew House with um, with my friend John Sabatine, who was the director and the producer. And one thing I noticed is that we had to go out and find our actors. You're not going to find a huge, you know, caliber of you know, like a high caliber actor that's in. That's just like auditioning regularly for stuff when they're in the agencies because they're kind of taken care of. They they get sent to their auditions and and you know a lot of that is done for them. And I don't know how honestly some of them get their experience being on screen. Hmm. So so you really gotta dig through these people and and go actually out and ask them. Do you want to audition for this? And, and the responses to those vary. For yeah, absolutely. To who are you? What are you? <laughs> are you yeah, selling it's me? True. <laughs> um, what was the um, before we get off too far ahead? Um, the you said the web series you were trying to get off the ground. Yeah, Shepherd. Yeah, how do people help you out there if you want to plug that now? Well, that's that's kind of canned for the moment. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm okay. actually there's a movie I'm working on right now. It's like this is the year of three horror movies for me. I'm not like Man, three features. Four yeah. girls typecast. Wow. <laughs> you know, it would be bad if I didn't love horror movies, but man, do I love them. And all three of these movies, including Brew House, Return to Screen Park, and The Way of Seeming, which is something I'm also kind of helping kind of produce. I try to kind of stay away from that and let them do their job. And You'll be a producer th- and return to Screen Park before this is over. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was helping them with marketing as well because I did all of the Brew House marketing. And The Way of Seeming is the same director as Shepard. So it's like either or, whatever we can get off the ground because um, because the director, Josh Maley, is, is one of the best writers I've ever worked with. Uh, it, it's just getting his stuff onto the screen when when the indie scene is just very hard to break through. I mean, Carrie, you did it with flying colors. Absolutely. So I'm going to be learning from you. Still <laughs> a mystery to me as well. I mean, I I got really fortunate with Screen Park, and I'm finding that out more so doing Return to Screen Park because mm. it's it's a lot harder. Wow. There's this mantra that after you've made your first film, the second one is much easier, and it's not true. I actually met John Sales. He was in town, I think, in April. 
and I went to hear him speak and I kind of cornered him afterwards and I was talking I was like yeah I was like I got my first film and I have a second film I'm working on he goes it's hard is it I'm like yes wow. Oh, wow. it really is he goes yeah the second one's always harder interesting um, and it's weird because it's sort of counterintuitive you've made the film you can show that you've done it you've written it it's out it's on the shelf at Walmart surely you're a proven commodity and people can trust you to get that far but it's just been really tough yeah, um, definitely answer one of my questions. Well, I, I mean, know. you know, our Kickstarter is still running now. Um, you know, we're just we're behind where we want to be. Is that what we're down to? That mm-hmm. sounds about right. It's about six days. That's less than a week. Um, and without it hitting its goal, it's going to lead to pushing it back and just probably spending the winter trying to hmm. find an outlet. Mm. to finance it. Well, all right. Well, do you want to tell people how to get there and what they need to do to help you? Like wh- while you're talking Absolutely. about Absolutely. Um you can find it on kickstarter.com. If you just search Screen Park, you'll find the original one which is over and you'll find the new one for Return to Screen Park. Um a lot of great perks. Um we've had a couple different vendors and artists help us out, including Jess, um with merch and all sorts of good stuff. Cool. Um but no, I mean, hop on and help us out. I think I got one of the good stuff sitting right behind you. <laughs> mm-hmm. He gave me a, an ogre action figure, and it, it's it, it's Iggy, unbelievable. He's grinning like crazy. I know too. it's so creepy, and he's awesome. The detail's amazing. It looks it just really like him. Is. It's handcrafted and painted. It's so cool, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, these things are available, folks. I'd say go there if you put them right next to your pinhead action figure. Trust me. <laughs> now, I want to ask you, Jess, because you, um, you have a background in radio, sort of we were talking about a little bit, in broadcast. You know, calling it radio actually helped me more than anything, because the first interview I ever got was with Third Eye Blind, Get which out. is one of my favorite bands of all time, ever since I was a teen. I heard they aren't very really? nice. They yeah. Really? They aren't usually wait, nice. Wait, were you saying really as that's one of my favorite bands, or, or I got to interview them? No, just real. I mean, I, <laughs> He's like, I mean, really, I, that's one of your favorite bands. No, no, no. I mean, I, I checked out your show, and you know, the stuff that you cover, the stuff that you and I have talked about, and everything like that. I'm just surprised it was them. Yes, this is what happened. Okay, so I was just getting into interviewing for my show because it was a news show. I was just talking about people, and it became pretty popular, and that's why I began acting in the first place. I've always wanted to be an actor. I always considered myself an actor, but. This this was kind of hosting, interviewing, whatever you want to call it. And it was just the only outlet I had is I could stand and talk about the news and everybody would be interested. And, and they were. So I started going, like, maybe I can interview people because <laughs> I had friends all across the country that did this for YouTube, just for YouTube. You know, they were doing it from their bedrooms. And then, you know, they, they somehow got into their local newspapers and was like, hey, can I interview these people? And they put it on their show. Nice. Well, I reached out to the the people of Bamboozle Roadshow, you know, the the bands that were coming there. And I wanted to do All Time Low, who are going to be with them, and Third Eye Blind. And I could not believe that I got a response from the Third Eye Blind management. And the reason was, is because he was young. He was English for some reason. He was <laughs> British. Weird, yeah. And he, it, it, it felt like he didn't do his research, that I wasn't a legitimate radio station. I was called Rec Radio. But I don't think he he really looked into it. And we I got we understand lucky. here at Kettle Whistle Radio. We, we we understand. But um, I did. I got to. Uh, oh, I, I I'm so excited to tell this story because I don't think I ever told this publicly, but I'd love to. So you know, um, Stephen Jenkins, who's the singer, he comes into the trailer and he realized I was a video show, and he's like, oh. Okay, and he turned back around and he had to put on sunglasses because he probably did a bunch of drugs just then. So, so I'm like, okay. And I'm, I'm so nervous. I'm like in like my hot topic dress. I, I was like trying the best. This is the first example of me burying the fangirl inside, you know, and just making sure that professional Jess Paul came through. 
Nice. And it was good. It was a good interview, especially because my friend Brian Stars, who does interviews in Nebraska, he was one of the other friends that I kind of confided in, like, how do you do this? How do you interview people? <laughs> he, um, he had a terrible experience with him, or a great experience, depending on how you want to look at it. When he interviewed Stephen Jenkins on the road as they were touring across the country, Stephen Jenkins just wasn't having him. Wow. And he, like... He like walked around the the whole bus just ignoring Brian because he was like not having fun or he was on drugs. Right. So Brian had a time with him and I'm like, oh my god, is this gonna happen to me? But it was great. I, I got Man. to talk to him about like ghosts and some people. Yeah, some people yeah. just put on a show just for the persona, make it difficult to work yeah. with. Yeah, I think. I, I, I've come across that. 120 episodes in, <laughs> I'm working <laughs> on it. Just say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so nice. I just. <laughs> well, we're gonna take a quick break right here, and uh, we're gonna come back with uh, both Jess Paul and uh, this guy Carrie Hill, who keeps coming around. All right, thanks Thank for rid of me. No, never, never. Why would I? I'm not afraid of the dark, but. You should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> Once again, no, oh, we yes. talked about all the fun stuff during the commercial no, break. I, that's exactly right. We Off air conversations. Yeah, it happens every boring time. stuff for the actual podcast. Well, it's things you're afraid to talk about. We were talking about just, absinthe just now. Just you rename just, the just, podcast. You should have been there. <laughs> should have been there. Should have been there. But yeah, absinthe and glory holes came up. What the hell? Yeah. And Manson. And well, that's why that was the catalyst of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. It all makes sense. Marilyn oh, Manson. Oh boy. Not Charles. Wow. Okay. Uh, so here we are. We're back. Um, I. You're a metalhead. By nature or no? No. Well, no. Th- like, like, so I, I kind of rest Borderline. in the hard rock, you know, I, th- you know where I stop when they start screaming and I can't understand what they're saying. You know, a lot of people are falling out of that now because it's <sighs> overdone. Um, I, yeah. th- these girls right here, Wings for Armor, I had them in. They're, they're regulars on the show and they, they know good rock and they know, they can mm-hmm. play good rock. They're incredible. But they're like, they, there's a lot of good metal and rock out there, but as soon as the growling starts, I'm out. You know, it's just like, it's kind of a shame because all the, a lot of bands are doing it. Some are getting away from it. Bands like Paul Bearer and, um, Torch and there's a few other ones. Great metal 
with actual vocals again. But yeah. I don't and mind. The Horizon just kind of went pop rock. You know, at least that's what it's kind of it kind of looks like since you're not screaming anymore. Yeah. But it, it's much more digestible for me. Or just change it up a little bit is all yeah. I'm asking for. But then you have a band like Morbid Angel. I don't want them to do anything but growl because mm-hmm. but they were originally that's what they did. But yeah. I'm a purist, I guess, with my death metal. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I listened to the radio. Uh, well, XM, we have that right but there. So that's our thing. I do a lot of Pandora. Well, <laughs> I meant you know with yeah. newer bands. I don't. That was a shot at radio again, wasn't it? <laughs> we, um, we, we can smell that one. I don't know. I, I find myself getting lost in the in the classic stuff more and more. Um, although I, I t- I'll tell you what, and this is based on the last time that I was here that we were talking. Um, I actually checked out Hell Yeah this past oh, yeah. week because I, love them, yeah. I was reading about Mudvayne and, mm-hmm. and Mudvayne lead sadly singer, has yeah. ended. Yeah, and they're done, and they said that yeah, we're not getting back together. But yeah, the lead singer and, uh, and the Vinnie drummer Paul from, from Pantera. Pantera. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's a super group and. Uh, a guy by the name of uh, Bob Zilla on bass. You don't get a better name than Bob Zilla on bass. Oh, wow. oh, they're on the third album now, and I, I have them all. I enjoy them. They get ripped on a lot by the death metal guys because they're like, oh, now it's more poppy Pantera. But you know what? I like it all. You get, I, you get someone from Pantera in the band. I mean, it's, <laughs> of course. But they're saying poppy because they're getting radio airplay, and Pantera used to not get airplay. Oh. But now Pantera gets airplay because they're on XM. Right. I think everybody of, gets circle airplay of bullshit. at this point. Yeah. Just enjoy what you enjoy. Yeah. I mean, so not a metal, so your preference, Jess, would be what? It's alternative like, it's like rock? It's hard rock punk, okay. you know, pop punk, a lot of the fun kitty stuff and, and, uh, indie rock, people that are doing s- different stuff. And yet she introduced me to a really cool heavy band just today. <laughs> I mean, your, your boy, can we say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, you want to talk yeah. about them a little bit? Um, yeah. My, I put my, my, foot in my, my mouth? boyfriend is the drummer of, yeah. of Only Flesh. Lefty. See, I don't, Lefty, yeah. He, I, the thing is, I don't consider them that heavy. You know what they call right. themselves? They call themselves sleazy punk. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, Ra- razor blade that... dolls. Think razor mm-hmm. blade dolls, and you, they probably know of the razor blade dolls. I'm if sure. They heard your. Or, I, guess, I don't know. I guess soundtrack. I never thought of the razor blade dolls as punky. Um, they're Mansonish. Uh, there's some Maryland. I hear some Manson. Oh, that... oh, don't say that. Uh, oh no. They're... Oh, actually, I'm talking about razor blade dolls. Oh, okay. That oh, oh, saved. Oh. The album they sent me for Screen Park, I still listen to. Yeah. Um, well, the wrists too. is at the end of the Great film song. with yeah, the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they had a couple other songs on there too that are just, like I said, the whole album is very well produced for it being, yes. I think they put yes. it out themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but now back to, um, Only Flesh. Only Flesh. I watched that video. Mm-hmm. You had something to do with that. Okay, so, um. Did you know this? I knew of it. Oh, okay. So, uh, the way that I met my boyfriend and the entire band, I see them like freaking every week. Um, is that the the production company, their video production company, Screaming Butterfly, Screaming Butterfly yeah. Entertainment? Um, my very good friend Holly Siders, uh, she is the director producer. I'm um, along with all of our other friends, and she that was one of her her first big video gigs that she wanted to do. Mm. I, she really just loved Only Flesh, and she's like, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a music video for you. So we went down to um to that uh, Fright Farm. Mm-hmm. Right oh, farm. Yeah, I know yeah. About that. Mm-hmm. we literally spent a night in the haunted house, like the attraction, and filmed their video all around the attraction. And I was again a makeup artist for that team. They're very visual on that stage. Yeah, it's all visual. Yeah, yeah. and we did uh, we did Crucifix, and that was the video mm-hmm. that we did. And I remember Rev, the the singer, saying to me, "Okay, so." We're really big on not doing fake blood because we do real blood. So don't put any fake blood on Human us. Human or animal? 
know their mm. blood. That's their own. They're just yeah. bleeding on the stage if all you, the time. Yeah, if you watch it, you'll understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, uh, I believe the guitarist and lead singer are kind of hooked together at one point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting those visuals? I, I'm not, I can't, I can't impress a, yeah. comes to mind. You can't impress a hard director with that, honestly, but watch the video, maybe. Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah, this new one, um, uh, my favorite shade of gray. Yeah. Uh, is where they really That's just the hook themselves all together. I, um, I really dug that. I actually I listened to a lot of it. What, so what do they, do they compare themselves to anybody or do they, you said horror punk or what? I said sleazy punk sleazy because punk, yeah. really they're, if you listen to all their lyrics, <laughs> yeah, sleazy. Absolutely. Um, I don't know who they compare themselves to. I mean, yeah, I mean. Who would they want to open up for? <laughs> You know what? We have, we have a couple friends in town that mm. we just love to play with. We love to play with, um, the Existential Gentleman and Solar Burn. Uh, those are two bands that we Solar love. Solar Burn is amazing. I say we like I'm part of the band. But, it, really, but it seems like, <laughs> actually, um, it sounds like they should be the headliner now that I think about it. Have they headlined their own tour yet? Solar or? Burn? No, no, not them. Um, uh, Only Flesh. Over, yeah. Only Flesh, yes. They, uh, they they headline stuff. They open for for people. Um, mm. It just depends on who's in town and good for them. Uh, man. Yeah, good for them. I was impressed with that. I mean, it's, when you see the video, you're gonna be like, "Wow, these guys are Pittsburgh. Interesting. This is cool." Well, that's the thing. They've been from all around. They yeah. just happen to be in Pittsburgh right now. And, is that and it? They're they're officially signed. Um, oh God, I don't know what their label is. Oh, so they wouldn't <gasps> say their hometown is Pittsburgh. It, Not really. Well, kind of. I think a, a lot of them are from Greensburg area, but okay. they've also no, been from counts. Texas. That they've been from Ohio. Like yeah. all, all the members are kind of scattered. Um, Love Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, they're just they're nuts. I mean, people don't believe me when I tell them what Only Flesh does. That that they literally stick. I mean, I oh, remember no. telling we, them we Carrie. talked about this. Carrie <laughs> told Carrie's me about, his eyes right about now. <laughs> him running with the bulls in in Spain. I'm like, well, I kind of did this one thing once. I put hooks in my skin and I hung from the ceiling. He goes, what, what? No. Yeah, see, just- I, I ran with the bulls, but I didn't get gored. <laughs> I was fortunate enough. And she was like, yeah, you know, I stuck hooks and I hung from them. Yeah. Um, she didn't notice. I, my car, I sped up. I was actually pushing the gas, like, hurry up. I gotta drop get her, her off. <laughs> <laughs> I get this one out of my car. <laughs> but yeah, they'll have, because Only Flesh is actually kind of, uh, they're, they're a band, but they're also the suspension team. So performance they're, artists. Yeah, yeah. they are mm-hmm. performance artists, and they'll do their happy hook days, and, and they'll invite anyone who wants to come and suspend. They even put a rig in their own backyard. I'm like, guys, you, you cannot do that in, in Homestead. <laughs> like, that's, I, like, that is, that is scary. <laughs> I, you know, it's dangerous. Would it be, cause people are just walking by on the sidewalk and they just see this happening in someone's backyard. But, um, but they did it and it went off really well actually. And yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a, well, there's a couple of, uh, groups here they should, uh, maybe even get involved with. If you watch a, uh, Brian Coddington's film, The Atrocity, uh, did you watch that? It- uh, he, I thought it was an exhibit. The atrocity exhibit. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, his film is so good. And I mean, honestly, I could see them totally being, if there was a part two, they should be in it. But yeah, you, you didn't see the Connington film? I have <laughs> it's not. really good. Um, now, back to you, Carrie. We're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna get into that band a little bit more in a little bit here. Trust me. And we're definitely gonna play a song. Um, we got their permission, I believe. Mm-hmm. From you? Yeah. Vocal permission <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> well, alright. Here, you already answered the question about hard to make a second yeah. film. So the hard, it's, you're not flying right into it head first. 
you're, what, are you dragging your feet because th- what, what, how, what's going on? It, what's going on? Help me out. <laughs> you always get nervous when people ask you about that. How's well, it going? What, what, here's, it's, well, how, it's not how it's going. It's it, what's going on. Yeah. It, it seemed like the first Why time. Why is it around, not done yet? I get I get ridiculed on this show because I dive right into the interview immediately. I'll do sometimes an intro, and I, it seemed like your first movie. You dove in head first and won. So um, I mean, now it's like I like that. No, you put that very well. Well, it, when I committed to the first film, I said, okay, whatever this takes. Um, any walls that get thrown up, I'm crashing through them. We're getting this done. Mm. But it was a proof of concept. It was, okay, I have a script. I'm going to make the film come hell or high water. I'm going to finish it, and I'm going to have a final product that goes, I made a film. Yeah. Well, I've already done that, um, and I want to do it better this time. So mm. instead of just crashing through the walls and just saying, we're going to do it. It's going to be on the screen. Damn it. You know, here, that's it. I wanted to make it as the best possible film as possible. And mm-hmm. Jess has read the script, and I've pitched stuff to you. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a lot more elaborate than the first film. And I just don't think yeah. that I could <laughs> do it as a, you know, just crash and get it done and do it and and put it up there. I mean, the first film was done for $40,000, and I just didn't want to do another $40,000 movie. I wanted to do something that was two or three times that right. that has better production value and, you know, we had a whole entire effects company this time yeah to do it you know Tolan effects was going to handle the whole load because mm. it's just it's so elaborate um, did she read the script already her part oh, yes, okay what did you think secrets. when you oh, okay well, don't you don't have to get, don't no, no spoilers what did you think there's really nothing that you can't i mean there's no super spoilers nah, other know. than the ending but nah, I mean, you can speak know. to other stuff i don't stuff. Want to know the ending this time well <laughs> i mean i mean yeah I I was on board because of this script. This script was great because I saw the first movie and it was an 80s slasher. That that's what we were watching. This is so much more sophisticated than that. It's the kind of movies I want to watch, you know. Nice. So um, I am so excited. And you know what? These new deaths. Oh, <laughs> I cannot wait to see my friends die. Wow, nice. It was a weird thing with this script. Um, the first one when I wrote it was like, okay, it's a slasher film. People die, and I actually put it up on note cards. <laughs> and I wrote out the note cards in red every time someone died. And that way it was spaced out, so it was like, okay, every so often someone would die. Interesting procedure. Um, well, it's just one of those things where it's like, you, you know, you hear those old-time movie producers, like, there's got to be blood on the screen every ten minutes. And that's why you had on those Friday the 13th movies where you have random characters dying, you know, the hitchhiker girl eating a banana. Nothing to do with the film. <laughs> one scene, but she dies because you had to have kills every so often. Mm-hmm. Really? That's a rule? That's that's a it's thing. Not really a great rule. Well, no, eighties yeah, rule, seventies. Um, oh. You know, you no, no, seventies well, broke from that. I we remember Banana Girl, Hitchhiker. Yeah, you know, of course. I, mean, I don't. She's having a, Kurt Wooten would know her name actually. Wow, for dead. To know oh her my name. god, Kurt! Kurt's the biggest slasher movie fan mm-hmm. of all time. Um, but this time around, I actually wrote it as a as a regular type of script. It's mm-hmm. not just a slasher film. But what I found was is that I was on page. 50, 60. I was like, oh shit, I gotta start killing these people. It was bizarre because I you know, actually. No, I think the same way. <laughs> I fell in love with the, the, the characters this yeah, time around. That's right. The characters were just so, so into them. Nice. And I was having so much fun writing their banter and, and all this other stuff that I was like, oh, I gotta start killing some of these people. I laughed out loud during this script. Like, <laughs> I feel weird in my room. Like, my, my sister next to me, she's like, what is she laughing at? Uh, it's, uh, it's a diverse. Gunshots. Did you hear that? Those that was it, was it guns? Gunshots? Yeah, or we get it every it? now and then. It's Yeah, people uh, shooting into the air about a couple of houses down. And then you heard my dog bark, who gets on every show these days. <laughs> anyway. He's very excited about the Supreme Park home. sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's so safe. <laughs> um, the, 
But I mean, it, it's just it's a much more elaborate film. It's again, I was caring more about the characters, the plot, you know, and all that stuff. And it wasn't meant to just be okay, we get these characters from A to B so they can die on screen. It was actually, I was so into it that it was like, oh, man, i got to rewrite this because I got, I was in the third act and I had all these characters. I was like, uh-oh. But that that was cool. I like that in the first one that, you, you know, they didn't just all die and you didn't know who was dead. Uh, I, well, you, if they were off screen for a while, sometimes they came yeah. back. Did you, and I liked that. Did you forget about Roy? Of course when, not. When Roy went off and was... See, here's the thing. You can't fool me because man, my favorite. I think it's so much fun. I think like you do when you're watching things. What what would I do next? That would be interesting. I'm three to ten steps ahead of whoever's making the movie or the book or whatever because I'm thinking about how I would make it interesting. Ooh. So I didn't really. I can't be fooled. I, I get bored in the movies now, and she watches me. You know, Ms. D watches me get bored in the movies because I'm like, I know what's going to happen next. I can't remember the last time I was surprised. Um, film. I, we're to talk about disappointments in a little bit in the second oh, good, half. Oh, because I watched here. one last night. I'm Me excited too. to talk about it. <laughs> Me too. I wonder if it's the same one. We'll definitely get into I, that. I, I, um, but I, go I ahead. would be, but wouldn't be surprised. We'll get to that. But uh, yeah, um, go on. But as far as this film goes, I, you know, I mean, I love the characters. It, it's you know having Jess on board and some of the other actors. I was so excited to see this thing come to life. I, I can't wait to see this too. It's um, amazing. And it's you know the, the other thing that gets me really amped is the soundtrack's going to be. Killer. That's Soundtrack. important. So important. Um, so half of these CDs, well, a quarter of them that you see all along these walls are soundtracks. Well, one of the Kickstarter perks is a vinyl copy of the score, right? Mm-hmm. So the guy um, that did the opening theme for Screen Park, yeah. Christian Kriegis, got unfortunately he was so busy he couldn't score the whole thing. We got him for the opening. This time around, he's on board to score the whole thing, and he's talking prog rock, you know, Goblin type oh stuff with you know the original Dawn of the Dead and. Um, Lucio Fulci stuff. Oh, you're killing me. And but it's that. But at the same time, he's, we're going to use a real orchestra. He's got one lined up in L.A. So there'll be you know his synth for the prog rock stuff. But then there's that a real orchestra. And then he's talking about using the Heinz Chapel organ here in town to have sort of this gothic organ playing over it. At the same time, on screen, you know, you've got fog and rain and lightning and all that kind of Jess stuff. Jess just did her happy dance. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. Um, I'm so geeked. And then on top of that, you know, you've got world-class special effects from Tolan FX. I mean, it's it's all the makings of it. It's just one of those things where it's financing the big barrier. The the photo of the exploded head that you guys. Oh yeah. Did you see that? Did you see the foot? No. It's on our Facebook page. Uh, It's public. I do this thing where I try not to see too much, oh, but I like to hear you guys talk I have about to, it. I have to show you. But now, you know what? I will. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it. Right I have. Now. I have to show you. Um, I just have it on my handy phone. There's a. Um, we did some test footage for special effects, and Tolan Effects has this. Um, it's a compressed air rig, <laughs> where we see. Are we gonna hear this pretty good? There's no sound. It's oh, just well. it's, it's slow motion video. Well, you can look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's, we'll just use this is radio, remember? <laughs> it's a geyser. I do want to see it. I'm, I'm joking with you. I have to find it. I have to ask her a question in the meantime anyway. Go ahead and ask her a question. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it for you. So you said you're a horror fan. Yes. Um, so did all this come naturally to you reading the script? Well, the, so... Did you get it when you read it? Did you? Did it make sense? In other words, were oh, you I got it, challenged? But were there scenes that are challenging you think that when, 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 when the time actor? comes? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I know what he's capable of, so I'm curious. No, you know what? Well, I, I'm excited about this character because you know what? She's a little bit ballsy. She, she's got a that. great. 
He's good. Well, good at female ballsy yeah. characters. We'll yeah, just say. she's well, so she's much a cop's daughter. She's a, yeah, she's uh-huh. a great. She's a great meaty protagonist. So I love having a little bit of attitude with my girl, and and I'm really excited about it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm about to watch so an exploding head. It, it's this is the rig. Okay. Come on. Ah. So that's not a person. Right it's there. not a person. It looked like a person. It's missing their hands. It really looks like a person. Well, minus the hands. Well, it's a dummy rig to to show the. Um, yes. Wait for it. Oh. Whoa. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, that's Buckets. that's real. Wow. Okay. That's a geyser. That's a perfect. That's yeah. that's better than Italian yeah. zombie footage well, right it's, there. It's we want wow. we, we want to up the ante. You know, bigger, better, bloodier. Mm-hmm. Sequels are supposed um, to do that in the horror genre, as we know. And there's there's an assault on the park at the end. Not to ruin too much, but like the sheriff's department actually has to assault the park, and they mm-hmm. they come out guns blazing. Wow! Uh, you told me a lot of uh, too much on the first time you came on here. <laughs> not maybe not a lot of that is happening. So I don't know. Um, you also there's a little sci-fi twist. I don't know if you're sticking with that. Absolutely. Oh, cool. Okay. No, there's a splash okay. of sci-fi. Yes. I don't we, think you shouldn't say it this time again. What okay. You, it's a little too soon. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, thought, people interested. I thought of my challenge that I was like, oh my god, I have okay. to learn this. I, I, well, I, I get a fight scene. How about that? I'm not going to say with who, Okay. but oh my god, I I, I bring my fist out. Nice. My, my a little tumbly. And, I believe oh yeah. she can do this. We, um, um, I've approached multiple iconic actors, um, and one of them wants to do it. It's just a matter of, again, coming back to that whole financing thing. But, you know, if we can secure some of the financing... Or all of it, mm. you're going to see some big names come out mm. for this one, which is awesome, and I'm she, excited. She almost did a happy dance again. Um, and we can talk <laughs> about it off the air. Unfortunately, you know, okay, um, good professionalism forbids me from bringing up and naming names. But I, seriously, I mean, the people that are going to come out of the woodwork off once air. we have everything in place. Off-air conversations are the best, and uh, we're going to do that. Guys, we're yeah. going to do that actually right now. We're going to take a second break here. We're going to play definitely. Um, Oh man, this song from Only Flesh. Uh, this is the video song that you sent yeah. me. Um, my favorite shade of gray is that yeah, what it's called? Yeah, this is where Lefty was literally, he was hooked to baby dolls and mannequins. They were on pulley systems, hooked into his skin. So as he played, the, the baby dolls and mannequins were like, you know, bobbing up and down. He was, he was doing that. True. Only Flesh, guys, you could actually see this video. It's something to see. Alright, we'll be right back.
you switched off your targeting computer. What's wrong? <laughs> well, actually, nothing. No, I'm all right. <laughs> and that was only flesh we just heard. I think they're a great band. I really enjoyed that. Thanks. And I just heard oh, them the first time today. Fantastic. Um, now, we were, again, having a great conversation. You went into cryptids. You went to comic books, Jess, mm-hmm. and then Carrie went to cryptids. What, what was that? We talked about this before. I had actually written a... Um, I was asked, when Screen Park was finished, I was asked to be part of an anthology, a cryptid anthology, where there was going to be three or four filmmakers, and every filmmaker was to select a different cryptid and write a short film, and there was going to be a spine through the film that actually connected all of the individual stories. Oh. Um, it wasn't a bad idea. Was it cryptid? Great idea. So cryptid is... Chupacabra, Bigfoot. Yeah, you ever hear oh, cryptozo- oh, yes. cryptozoology? Yes. So it's a... I mean, I'm trying to think of what the official term for a cryptid is, but like Bigfoot's a cryptid. It's a creature yeah. that can't be confirmed or denied, got essentially. It. I got it. Yeah. Um, but I chose Mothman. Uh-huh. And I actually wrote a short based on the Mothman. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard okay. of the Mothman. Yes. Or uh-huh. Did you see Mothman Prophecies or... Great movie. I think I did. The book. Oh, yeah, oh my it. God, the book. Is it better? Oh, my yeah, God. I thought it was like an exact point on story. No? no I got to read the, the book. The movie is right. a serious deviation where they kind of just took a few things and ran with it. Oh. The book is based on a true story, and yeah. it is weird. I have the big book downstairs that has the script from the people they interviewed about Mothman back oh. in the day, the actual scripts. Um, you know, and that's in the movie. So it I don't is. Know. I, I went don't... down to Point Pleasant. Um, actually, my wife... And uh, and I took a trip down there, and it's about three hours from here. Mm-hmm. It's like a three-street town. This is where the Mothman thing happened. And, you know, you get a weird vibe. Mm-hmm. And then we went out. There's this thing called the TNT area yeah, where no. you go out into this field, and there's these igloos where they stored explosives during World War II. And the igloos have been grown over, and the whole field is just completely grown in. I got the weirdest damn vibe. But if you read the book, that's where all the weird stuff went down. That's where the first Mothman sighting was, was in this. There's just two red eyes and everything. And Mm. we walked the TNT area, and I just got this vibe. Like, something happened here, and I can't explain it, but it is just weird. Weird You got to see that movie if you didn't see it, Josh. The movie's not bad. I saw it a while ago. I recommend reading the book late at night in the dark. Now I have because to. Now I have it's, to. I mean, I mean, it's based on a true story, and I've read all of Keel's stuff, but that book in particular, I mean, you get into weird stuff. So it's it's UFOs, it's cattle mutilations, it's Whoa. this creature called the Mothman that's showing up randomly. Mm-hmm. It's people being harassed by entities outside their house late mm-hmm. at night. It's men, in, the men in black show up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the first instance of the men in black coming in. And... Keel is this investigative journalist who's trying to figure out what's going on, and it just gets so bizarre where he's getting these weird phone calls, or people are trying to call him, and they're getting another John Keel. And he actually disconnects his phone, and it still rings. Like, he's having all this weird technological issues. Um, and it culminates into these prophecies that the Mothman, this this being... Yeah claimed were going to happen it actually culminated in this bridge collapsing yes in the ohio river yeah um and there's a monument where it stands if you go down there it shows you where the bridge was when it collapsed with everyone on there but i swear the book's great but you sold me it's it's based on true story and i swear when you read it late at night in the dark (laughs) it's awesome it's better than any horror movie see this is my my thing i i'm reading i'm almost done i'm in canada right now um, it's, it's Haunted America, and it was literally a paperback of just all... Haunted America into Canada? Yeah, yeah, they get, they get okay. a little section okay. of Canada at the end, too, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's considered America. Not it's America's hat. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. So, so they just go through all the 50 states alphabetically and Canada, and they're all just true stories. 
Um, so knowing that, it makes me, you know, so much We more. have a big Canadian I, listenership here, so oh, that's good. Kinda good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm in... Yeah. Um, I'm in Toronto right now. That's the the section I'm in. They're talking about Toronto. Cool. I'll have to read that. I love the supernatural. I've always searched for a way to do a horror supernatural film that's not... Gore. Well, not necessarily gore, but just, you know, you see these movies, it's like The Hunting in Connecticut, based on True Story, or The Last... The Exorcism of Emily Rose and all this other stuff. And it's just like, it gets played out, but the whole cryptid thing... I think it has some room to run, particularly if you read a lot of Keel's books about mm. weird encounters or you get into the Charles Fort stuff where people are driving along the Mexican border and all of a sudden sinks fall out of the sky. It doesn't make any sense, Whoa. but there's these recorded, think, you know, bathtubs, frogs, all this frogs, stuff yeah. just falls out of the sky and there's no explanation Holy for crap. it. They recently, oh, I'm sorry, they, they did have a John Keel special on um, one of those Destination America TV shows. Oh, no the, way. It was called The Real John Keel Files. and. Oh. Yeah, they revealed what, what his real thoughts were, and yeah, and they, this was only like January, February this he, year. He was one of the few people, you know. There's a lot of these paranormal investigators and ghost hunters and everything like that. They're all about it. Keel was the one guy though that was like, "Don't get into it. Don't do it. Don't make this your life. Stay away." And everyone else was like, "Yeah, I chase ghosts." And Keel was like, "Don't." He's like, "Get out." Oh, He's like, "Stay away from ghost. it." You'll become a ghost. <laughs> Well said. Yeah. Uh, now, we were talking about comic books, and you you said you had something going on there, Jess? Yeah. Well, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm an illustrator. That's what I graduated as, a graphic designer illustrator. Did not know this. Okay. Yeah. and Jack of all trades. Yes. Oh, that term is scary because that means I'm not really good at anything. Master no. of nothing is the other half of it. Master of all. That's what I said in the beginning of the show. Nice. But um, I'm, actually, I have to, like, whenever I'm doing something, um, like I'm doing a painting series right now, when I do paintings... It has to be something that's just for pure entertainment because I I don't believe a lot in like the the really obscure art that you have to think too much about. I just like making people happy. So my my painting subject right now is um it's called Kits and Donuts, <laughs> and it's literally just kittens trying to get some donuts. Oh, I thought you said kids and donuts, kids and, and I imagine all these little obese children kids, running kids around. Kits and donuts. <laughs> okay. Kits and donuts. But um but yeah, I, actually my my thesis I did a comic book. So, but it was one of the first ones I've ever done, and I'm, I keep getting better. And, Good. but, uh, it was, it was a, a story I had written. I'm still like working on it to tweak and make it as best, the best that I can. And it's called Body. And it's about a girl in a, in a Catholic school in Canada. Canada. Canadian <laughs> listeners. Um, they're in Quebec. And, uh, it's 1972, and her mother's just died. Uh, and, and she's hearing voices, seeing people that she shouldn't. So, so she's, she's think, she's thinking that she's seeing ghosts and, and there's a, a young, handsome, um, uh, you know, a priest in training, one of those stories. And, and he kind of helps her out because, um, you know, he, he, you know, you don't know how to help somebody that's literally scared of who they're talking to. They don't know if they're talking to live people or not. And, and it turns out that there's a way to kind of get rid of it. And it's a kind of like a reverse exorcism because it happens that, there are hundreds of dead people just floating around the ceiling of the cathedral in the cathedral school that they're in and and in order for her to stop seeing these people she literally has to pass every single one of them on through her own body it's very ambitious for your first outing in a comic book <laughs> i think i just bought the rights to that <laughs> wow for a film and it doesn't it doesn't have to be a horror i mean that could be very just you know drama sci-fi yeah. drama type thing. i mean i hope for cuz cuz ghost stories are the things that scare me i believe oh. you know i've, I've well, seen here. a ghost you can you borrow know. this 
This is the scariest book I ever read. The Entity. The Entity, yes. Yeah. So. Man, You're going to have to send me a message even, and remind me about that. Is mm-hmm. this even an, an alien, though? I mean, I, we nobody it's knows. An it's an Entity. Oh, no, no. You get your answers in the you book. You get your answers. Absolutely. Okay. And then you should see the old movie if you can find it. So I, right I, now, saw, so, I yeah. did see the old movie. That book, it, it, it's more intense. Uh, yeah, take that with you tonight. You really? Know, we okay. need to wrap up this first half here, so let's talk about your Kickstart program. Yeah. You want to get this out there as soon as possible. Yeah, so the the first time we did Kickstarter uh, for the original Screen Park, we actually were very successful. We did 200 and some percent. I mean, we doubled our goal. Nice. Um, this time around, we're, we're trying to raise more because it's a much larger film and there's, a, there's much more to it. But, yeah, we have an active Kickstarter running. Um, you can go to kickstarter.com, search Screen Park, and find it. Um, and you can donate for as little as two bucks. Mm-hmm. And that, that helps us out. I mean, every little bit. Um, now the way Kickstarter works is if we do not reach our goal, nobody's charged and no money is collected. Okay. Um, and that cuts both ways. The reason why I did that was, is the last thing that I would want for our fans and backers and supporters is to raise a small amount of money or not enough to make the film, but then be holding to them to give them all that stuff that we promised and everything. That's why I didn't go with Indiegogo Mm. where you keep what you raise is because I didn't want to be like, well, we're still short on the, money for the film I don't have enough to make the film but now I owe you DVDs yeah. t-shirts posters I never thought of that before oh, that's you said I just, that it's uh, so true I, this is new to me and yeah. it's wow. well so Indigo, the way Indiegogo works is is that um, Indiegogo you keep whatever it is you collect so mm-hmm. if you ask for $10,000 and you get two mm-hmm. you get to keep it mm-hmm. and we actually used that for the first screen park and we got enough money barely to shoot the scene with Doug Bradley wow so yeah. we got Doug in the movie it was shot it was done then we went to Kickstarter but Indiegogo lets you keep whatever you raise. They take more of it, but it's yours. Kickstarter, you have to hit your goal or nobody's charged and you don't get anything. It's an all or nothing goal. But I wanted to go all or nothing again because I didn't want to raise some money and then owe all these folks, these generous folks, something, and then not even have enough to make the film. Mm. Um, because there's a lot of the stuff that you get from the, the perks, they're actually going to be in the film. So they're going to be much more valuable when it's made. <laughs> no, and it's cool because I don't know if we that talked about cool. this it's last time right around there. where, <laughs> you know, in the sequel, the park opens and it actually is capitalizing what happened in the first film to the point where the souvenir park, or the souvenir shop in the film is actually selling souvenirs from the first movie. And that, that is what made me fall in love with this film, man. Cool. That, that dark aspect, that really just ironic aspect <laughs> is just, it just hurts my heart. It's, it's awesome. It's I so have, awesome. I have one of those relics. That, that's, that's not it. That's one that's signed. Oh, that's However, the original I concept have, poster. The other one is in there. See that plastic? Oh right now, this is, that's signed by, I think several folks. I think that's the one from the whole crew. Is it back there? I don't well, see it. it. Oh, it's, I mean, it's behind oh, the other one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I actually wrapped it up and put it oh, away. Oh, that's right. I did give yeah, you, you one signed by, by everybody. everybody. That, you know what? Actually, that's put away now <laughs> for, with good good cause. But um, I have to keep one out. I'm calling it now. In 30 years, that'll be worth something. I think so. I think so. I want to sign all the posters. <laughs> Done. Okay. All right. She's going to be good to her friends. Just Paul, everyone, right, signing exactly. everything. And Carrie Hill. All right. Well, you know what? That's part one of this uh, two-part series. <laughs> um, hope you guys had fun. Nah, you're, I, I, you're sticking around, you know. Yeah, it. I'm going to keep talking. Yeah, this is as like long fake, let fake radio. Can I have more rum and coke. Fake, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, well then I'm staying. All right, cool. All right, we'll get right back to you guys. <laughs> so ends part one of Just Paul and Carrie Hill. Uh, we haven't quite titled this one yet. I don't think. We're going to think about that as the night goes on because apparently it's going to be a long one. They are taking a break, and I'm wrapping up part one, um, the Jess Paul and Carrie Hill show. 
I want to thank the both for coming in. I want to thank Only Flesh for letting us play their music. Check them out. Uh, they have a bunch of videos on on uh, YouTube. They're available uh, Reverb Nation, Bandcamp, and I believe iTunes. Jess has yet to <laughs> tell me all of that. But uh, look them up. I found them. Fantastic band. All right. And uh, we'll talk to you next uh, next week. And uh, if you guys are in Pittsburgh on July 15th, it's a Wednesday. Yes, it's a Wednesday. 8 o'clock till 2 a.m. It is a book release party for Dwelling in the Dark. It is my second book. Um, there's going to be free mac and cheese after 10 o'clock. Yes. Drinks and definitely beer specials. Um, earlier in the evening, Todd Cheat of the Cheats will be DJing rock and roll and punk all night long. Uh, lots of folks are coming. It should be a good time. Hope to see you there. Hope to meet you there. Carrie Hill will be there. And, of course, Jeff, Jess Paul will be there. Other p- folks that have been on Kettle Whistle Radio will, will actually be there, too. So if you want to meet some of these people, it's a great time. Again, at the Tiki Lounge on Carson Street in the south side of Pittsburgh, Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Look up the Tiki Lounge. Fantastic place. Thanks, Michelle Schubert. I uh, appreciate you letting me do that. That's next week, 15th, Wednesday, 8 o'clock. The Tiki Lounge. Pittsburgh Southside. Thanks, guys, and talk to you more. And yeah, we got a lot going on in the second the second part of this um, because I, I don't see this ending. <laughs> nope. All right. Good night for now. She's shaking her head. No, no. Go all night. She said. Yep, that's what she said. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Electric acid.